Welcome to the Programming Podcast. Here you can learn about computer science concepts in a brief and accessible way. I'm your host, Minko Gadget. Hello, everyone. Today in the Programming Podcast, we're going to discuss one of the most common data structures out there called MAP. We will discuss exactly what this data structure represents and how it works under the hood. We'll be discussing when you should consider using maps and what is the difference between a map, hash map, dictionary, hash table, and so on and so forth. In general, we're going to stop on three different implementation strategies of maps and we'll be discussing pros and cons of these approaches. So in this episode, you would not only understand when you should use map, but you also have a good understanding of how maps work under the hood. So what is a map? In general, a map is a data structure which just contains key value pairs. That's it. For example, we have, let's say, a person, a map which represents a person. This person is going to have a name, which is going to be the key, and a value, which is going to be the person's name. They're going to have, let's say, a social security number, an SSN, and they're going to have a value that represents a social security number, and so on and so forth. Now, in JavaScript, we have objects that allow us to represent such abstractions as people or organizations and so on and so forth. In JavaScript, you also have maps. Now, we're not going to dig into the implementation details in JavaScript in general. We'll be looking at a more um, generic and more like computer science oriented uh, discussion around maps, but you can definitely think about maps as JavaScript objects. In JavaScript, you also have the map data structure. So they pretty much have the same purpose and looked from a high level of abstraction enough, they could be used for the exact same thing. We're pretty much storing key value pairs and that's it. We have a key that is associated with a particular value and we can get the value by having the key. Now, we have different types of maps. If you have read computer science literature, you have probably saw that we have a hash map, we have dictionaries, we have just maps, we also have hash tables, we have hash sets, and all of these different, confusing, and super similar concepts, right? And I'll say that what these concepts mean depends very much in what context you're using them. For example, in Java, hash table and hash map, they have really well-defined implementations. So when reading through the documentation, you would understand what exactly hash table and hash maps are. In, for example, in Java, both of them, they store key value pairs, but as a consumer of the hash table, you would know that it is synchronized. So it is great to use it in multi-threaded environments. Also, in the hash table, you cannot store no keys or values compared to the hash map, which is not synchronized, and you can store inside of it whatever you want. Very often, hash table, hash map, and these other terms that are used frequently for referring to uh, different kind of, kinds of maps, they differ in their implementation details. Very often, hash tables are used for describing a particular type of a map that is implemented following a specific algorithm and has some specific internal data structure. 
There are in general, I'll say three probably main ways you could implement a hash map. The first and the most obvious one is just to use an array. Imagine you use an array which has as its elements other arrays. Each one of these nested arrays has two elements. It has one element for the key. Let's say the first element is the key and the second element is the value. So when you want to insert a new key value entry, what you're supposed to do is just push a new element in this array and that's it. So you're pushing a new key value pair and you have added a new entry to your hash map. If you want to look up an element, this is going to be the tricky part because adding a new key value pair is going to have pretty much constant complexity. It's going to have really fast execution since you're just adding one more element to the array. Well, this, this is of course only valid as soon as you're not exceeding the array's capacity. But looking up an element, element by its key, this could be quite tricky. This could be really tricky because you'd have to iterate over the entire array until you eventually find an element that has the key that you're looking for. This could be really slow, especially for a large arrays. That is why there are very few such implementations of maps. Else in general not recommended, especially when operating across a really large datasets. Another very frequent implementation of maps is by using a tree. Uh, it's, it's really very interesting. So with trees, you can store different keys and values. And in fact, you have some performance guarantees if you have implemented your trees right. A very good example for such implementation of a map by using a tree is the tree map in Java. It is implemented by using a red-black tree, which has some guarantees, especially when you're looking up elements or adding new elements to the data structure. This tree map is implemented by using a balanced tree, which means that, well, the individual keys could be used for determining the position of this particular element in the tree, in the red-black tree. And when you're looking up an element, since the red-black trees are balanced, you have the guarantee that you would have you would have determined whether this element exists or does not exist in the map, and you would, be, you would have been able to retrieve it just by performing an operation with logarithmic complexity. So that's a, that's a pretty interesting implementation. We haven't discussed balance tree in this podcast, I, I think, so far. Maybe it is worthwhile to uh, discuss this sometime in the next couple of weeks as a separate, completely independent topic to this one. But this is something that is probably worth remembering. You could really well implement maps by using trees. You're going to have really good performance characteristics, and there are already such implementations out there, for example, in the Java framework. What about implementation of maps by using the so-called hash table strategy? So usually when folks are discussing hash tables, and if they are familiar with how maps work in general, they might be often referring to a particular implementation of maps. So maps could be implemented with just an array. 
just like the first implementation that we discussed, where we're storing key value pairs. But uh, the hash table implementation of the map is slightly different. Now, let us suppose that we have several key value pairs and we have an array. How could we put a particular key value pair and associate it with a particular element of the array? The first strategy that we discussed is already just, just taking this particular key value pair and uh, pushing it into the array. But the problem with this approach that we discussed is when we start looking up for a particular key, we would have to traverse this entire array and this is going to be a slow operation for large data structures. So ideally what we want to do is get a particular key value pair and be able to immediately determine on which position of the array it should be located if it exists inside of our hash table. The usual strategy to implement this is by using a hash function. The hash function is something that is going to take the key out of our key value pair and return a number, which is somewhere in the scope, in the limits of the underlying array that we're using for the implementation of our hash table. Now, I said a lot of things so far, so let me just go step by step explaining how we can insert a key value pair inside of a hash table that is represented with an array. So we have a key value pair. Let's, let's think about it as a name and a particular name value. We want to play this, place this key value pair inside of our hash table. What we're going to do first is calculate the hash of the name key. The hash of the name key is going to be a number which is somewhere in between zero and the size of the array that we're using for the hash table implementation. How do we find this, this number? Well, our hash function, it, it, could, it could be implemented in a variety of different ways. There are particular properties that ideally this hash function should have, but for now we can just think about it as just taking the ASCII number for each individual symbol in the key, for example, for N, because our key is named, so it should be for N, A, M, E, and from there we can sum these ASCII symbols and uh, we can just try to place them somewhere in the array, so we, we pretty much can get the modulo of uh, the size of the array, and this way we'll be able to place it ju just somewhere in the array so that we can make sure that we're not exceeding the array's capacity or we're not trying to insert somewhere in uh, a negative index. And that's pretty much it. We're going to find this particular index of the array where we should insert the key value pair, and we're going to place it there. So when we want to look up uh, the name key now, we should just calculate this. Uh, we, we should just calculate the index by using the hash function, and we'll be, we'll be able to directly go there and look up whether we have a value associated with the name key. See how simple is that? Now, one problem. Imagine we have a, perm a permutation of the name key. If we have name, but let's say that we swap a and n. In this case, we're going to get something weird that I'm not sure that I can pronounce, but it is going to start with A, after that N, M, E. The problem in this particular scenario is that we're going to get the exact same result from the hash function. So we're going to try to override 
the key value paired associated with the name key. Well, that's really problematic because we're going to lose data that we have already stored inside, inside our hash table. So a very frequent strategy for dealing with such so-called hash collisions is to, instead of storing key value pairs in our underlying hash table array, to store a linked list. So this way we will be able to place the first entry, which has a name uh, key in the particular index that our hash function returned. And we're going to store it as the head of a linked list. When we get the same index for the next key that we'd want to insert into the exact same position, we're just going to add one more element to this linked list. And when we want to perform a lookup in our hash table, we'll first calculate the index by using our hash function. Right after that, we're going to find a particular index and we're going to traverse the list, the linked list associated with this index, with this index, if such a linked list exists. Which means that if we don't get any results, this means that we don't have any value associated with this key that we're looking up. As you can imagine here, it is very important for our hash function to generate keys or indexes which have normal distribution. We want really well distributed indexes so that we can make sure that we don't have really, really large linked lists associated with particular indexes in our underlying array. Because in this case, if we have all the indexes, for example, let's imagine that our hash function returns zero for any key. It just returns zero. This means that our hash table is going to have only uh, a single element in the interlink array, which is a really long linked list, which contains all the different elements that we have inserted to the hash table. And in order to perform a hash table lookup, we would have to traverse this entire linked list. And this is going to have a linear complexity, which is something that in general with hash tables we are not aiming at. In general, we are looking for constant complexity where the collisions are reduced to the minimum. All right, so that was actually a pretty in-depth episode today. And uh, just to recap, uh, today we discussed what are maps. Maps are in general a way for us to store key value pairs. We also discussed where we should use maps. Well, where we want to store key value pairs, right? We discuss the differences between the different concepts such as map, hash map, dictionary, hash table, and so on and so forth. In general, I would recommend you to not rely that everyone is completely familiar with what is the difference between, let's say, hash table and a dictionary because, well, it is completely dependent on the implementation and the naming that the author of this implementation of the data structure has in mind. We also discussed three different implementation strategies. We discussed how we can implement a hash map directly by using an array, where we're just placing key value store key value pairs one by another, one after another in an array. We discussed an implementation of a hash map by using a tree. And as an example, we gave the tree map from Java that is implemented with a red-black tree. And finally, we discussed the more advanced implementation by using a hash table, where we have a hash 
function that processes the keys and returns particular indexes for each one of them. And from there on, we are handling collisions by using linked lists. That was pretty much everything from me today. I'm really excited that we went into this topic so much in depth. Thank you very much for joining and see you next time. Bye-bye. To learn about new episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at mgetchup. The list of all resources and recordings is available at podcast.mgetchup.com. Thanks for listening.